Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is November 1st. I can't believe this year is quickly wrapping up. Um, myself, TJ Pittenger, as always, with Freddie Stevenson and Richie Barnes. How you fellas doing tonight? Shoot, I'm, I'm good, man. Richie, how you feeling? I'm kind of full from all this damn candy I've been eating the past few days, but... <laughs> I'm yeah, man, we <laughs> we were just talking offline a little bit. Like, I, I bought all these Reese's cups for for these trick or treaters, and I did not get a single trick or treater at my house this week. Yeah, I was upset, but that that's good news for me and bad news for my waistline. But it, it's been fun. Florida State obviously did not lose. Tampa Bay they play Monday night. They did not lose. So it's been a great weekend for me. Um. Richie, what, so what, what did you do for Halloween? You got no trick-or-treaters. Richie, Freddie, what did you guys do uh, yesterday and this weekend? Yeah, man. So me and the wife, we just, you know, we, we drank a, a good bit of wine and, and watched, I think we watched like six or seven like horror movies yesterday. So it was a blast. I It's kind of a, you feel like you're getting old because I'm enjoying that while on Facebook and Twitter, seeing all my friends that have kids and all their costumes. We were, I was excited. I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's a cool costume. And uh, and I just sat on the couch and watched horror movies. It so I had a great Halloween. How about you, Freddie? Yeah, mine. I I was a little busy yesterday, so my daughter she went out with her mom to for some Halloween activities. So I get home and they tell me to turn off all the lights so no trick or treaters come to the house while I'm while I'm there. But I'm watching Halloween movies, so I'm paranoid <laughs> as hell in the house. I hear noises and everything, and I'm hungry as hell too. So I don't know if I want to go in the kitchen. I just saw somebody on TV get killed, but. I made it through the night, all right? I love it. Um, we watched one horror movie this year. I'm not big on horror movies. Uh, shout out the Don't Go Out There podcast. Um, our guy yeah. Brian um, works with them. Nico, uh, Michael Settle, and Dustin. Trying to leave anybody out. Uh, Freddie, I saw you were on there the other night. So I want to know um, what movies you guys were watching this weekend. What's your favorite horror movie, your Halloween thing? Like, let's... This has nothing to do with FSU, but let's talk about it anyway. It's a yeah, bye week. Um, We're just filling that's, time. That's here. why I got caught up yesterday, man. I was um watching all. They had a Halloween marathon on, and I was watching all the Michael Myers movies. And man, shit, it was one movie had me tripped out because I heard a noise at the door. I go outside, there's nobody there. I'm like, yo, Mike, you, you messing with me? Ain't you? <laughs> I, I know I'm not tripping, but I, yeah, I was paranoid as hell at the house last night. Richie, what were y'all watching? yesterday man we watched uh, basically we have every streaming service possible so hulu netflix uh hbo max all that stuff we were just watching everything but my favorite one and it came out this month i think it's called invisible man on hbo max i mean that's a trippy movie it's i don't know if y'all have watched it yet or not but it's we've watched it about three or four times and it's such a good movie and and I, i would definitely recommend it to anybody who wants to see something that's a psychological thriller um, I am. So, I don't like any of that kind of stuff, bro. Like, I am the biggest baby when it comes. Like, I just want to watch a comedy. Like, just show me a comedy and I'm good. Um, but we did watch the original Halloween, and I liked it a ton. So, uh, that was good. Yeah. Freddie, what'd your daughter dress up as? I saw her. Was she just a princess or? Yeah, a pixie fairy. Um, we did the Rapunzel thing. We've done Disney every uh, every Halloween. Like year one was Little Mermaid. Last year was Tinkerbell. This year was Rapunzel. So every year it's it's a different Disney. I'm sure we'll do Moana next year. Like it just never stops in my house. 
Um, All those Disney movies are great, though. So that, that, they are, man. Easy, we watch them every day. Yeah. Like we're like me and my wife don't even have kids yet, and we love watching Disney and Pixar movies. Man, they're they're all amazing. Do you guys have passes? I mean, you live in there in Orlando. So no. So my wife actually worked for Disney for 13 years. She started when she was at UCF at Rosen College. She started as Cinderella, um, and she worked there for 13 years. But now she she's moved on. But we have enough friends that still work for for Disney and whatnot that we. You know, we'll still do our Epcot happy hour, you know, go drink around the world, watch the fireworks and, and watch and call it a night. But yeah, it's it's I love Disney, man. I'm, I'm a huge Disney geek. And, you know, my wife having worked there for so long is a big part of that. Yeah, no, my wife loves it. I like it a lot. I'm a big Disney fan for sure. So um, I'm also a big fan of Guthrie's. So shout out Guthrie's yes. um, and that billboard. Let's go and that billboard. Yeah. So if you are in the Tennessee Tennessee. If you're in the Tallahassee area <laughs> and you hit Tennessee and Ocala, if you hit it just at the right moment, you will see uh, a billboard that says, listen to Double Fries, No Slaw while you enjoy or while enjoying Guthrie's. Um, shout out Brian who made that for us and got it over to Guthrie's and they put that up on a billboard uh, right there in the heart of Tallahassee. And again, Tennessee and Ocala. Uh, super dope. I didn't think that Three months in, a little less than three months, we would have a uh, we have billboards going up with our names on it, but uh, that that has happened. So shout out to uh, shout out to Guthrie's, obviously. Keep tagging them on social media, showing them love and support. Eighteen eighteen West Tennessee Street and twenty five fifty North Monroe. Get a get a box of double fries, no slaw, and uh, tell them we sent you. Um, I, I kept that a secret from you guys. I didn't tell you guys. It just popped up on social media out of nowhere. So what was your first thought when you guys saw that yesterday? Um, I don't know what I was doing. I was on, I was doing something. Then I hopped on Twitter and I was like, hold on, somebody, somebody got them double fries on the damn, and I looked, I was like, hold on, that's us, man. And I was turned up. <laughs> on but yeah, that, that's crazy, man. That's major, man. We And like you said, we haven't been doing this that long. So that's definitely major. It's only up for here. We appreciate everybody that supported us so far, man. Yeah. I, I like TJ said, he didn't tell us about it. So like, I see, it, I'm like, I'm looking at my wife. I'm like, babe, I, I think we got a, we got a billboard. She's like, what are you talking about? You got a billboard. I'm like we got a billboard in Tallahassee. And and I saw that. And I, I sent it to everybody. I sent it to all my friends. I sent it to my mom. I sent it to anybody who knows me. And, and they're all like, congratulations. And it's weird for me. Cause I'm like, I, I don't think it was that big of a deal, but now I think it's a pretty big deal that we got a billboard. Like we've been doing this podcast for three months and uh, Guthrie's has been an amazing partner for us. So shout out to Guthrie's um, that they've been far more than we could ever expect from them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really cool to see like the podcast uh, that we do with the, th the three of us. And now we have a billboard. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's super cool. Um, I'm ready to get up to Tallahassee in what three, yeah. four weeks, four weeks from yesterday. And uh, for that Virginia game and go see it, which that Virginia game kind of worries me a little more now than it did before. I felt good about that Virginia game when they scored um, 14 points and seven of them in garbage time on Miami. I, when they scored like 700 on North Carolina last night. Oh, man. Home. But, um, but yeah, I'm excited to go see it, man. That's super cool. And <laughs> not sure I ever expected that. Um, so appreciate Guthrie's. They've got some more new locations going up. Uh, a couple more yeah. in Georgia. I saw going up. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, they started sponsoring the, you know, <laughs> the hottest new pot on these streets. They got, they got more people going to see them now, I guess. But um, no, shout out to Guthrie's. If if you're anywhere near them, stop by. 
Again, tell them we sent you and tag us in a picture and I will send you a uh, Devil Fries No Sloth sticker. We had some people jump in our DMs this week and ask how they can get those stickers. Um, I mean, you can get one by tagging us in the um, in your order, in your Double Fries No Sloth order, or you can sign up for our Patreon, which we encourage everybody to do. Um, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Double Fries Pod. And you can get access to some exclusive, unique content um, for supporters only. Uh, we're going to be hanging out this weekend in the game day chat again uh, for the pit game, which I'm super excited about. It's been two weeks since we've been in there, been able to hang out. So go check that out and hopefully you guys will enjoy it. Um, Richie, what are we getting into this week? We're going to talk a little second half of the season. We got some things going on. Talk to us, Richie. What's going on here? Yeah, so we're, we're kind of at the midway point in the season right now. Um, so I, I thought it'd be a good idea to do uh, some superlatives and just talk about, you know, the, the team as a whole. You know, obviously, uh, you know, two and four is not where we want to be. But I think there's a lot of positives to take out of the season so far and, and some definite negatives. And we're not going to, you know, just blow sunshine up, you guys, for the, for the whole podcast. But uh, let's start with a couple superlatives. And uh, I'll start with Freddie here. And... Man, the, the first one's like mine because that this is my guy, but I, I'm going to let one of y'all steal him from me. Let's start with the best newcomer on offense, Freddie. Who, who's the best newcomer? First-year player, so not someone who's been here and just is playing right now, but their first year in the system, and that's your guy on offense. Who, who do you got, Freddie? I think a lot of us going to have the same answer for this one. <laughs> um, yeah. I like, well, man. Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> It's, it's, it was tough between him and Travis because I really believe um, Jordan Travis, he changed the course of this season for our team. But I like well that running game really dictates everything we do on offense, and he's been a big piece for us. Yeah, man. I, so you stole my answer, and I'm, I'm, I was going to pick somebody else, but I'm not because I don't want to because he's been so good. And, it, uh, man, and he was kind of the forgotten man in the backfield, even in our preview podcast for the season. We talked about Corbin and Philly. I feel like we didn't spend a lot of time talking about LaDamian Webb, but man, he's been, I think he's going to be very special. He's not going to be, you know, Wart Dunn, Dalvin Cook special, but he's going to be a really good running back at Florida State. Uh, TJ, you going to, you going to make this a trifecta or you got another name for us? I mean, he's definitely mine too. I mean, there, there's no question that he has been that player. If I had, if you made me pick somebody that, wasn't him. I mean, it'd be between Toa Philly and I mean the running back yeah. stable. I mean, we could all just pick a different Good running back, right? Absolutely. And, yeah. and that would be kind of what we'd want. I would uh I would venture to say that if you would have asked before the year, um, uh, that probably outside of the offensive line, which we've been concerned with for years, would have been the position group that we were the most worried about with yeah. uh a transfer coming in, didn't know much about you know a true front to Philly and Webb, a transfer. So um you know, for the running back crew to, to really be leading this team along with Travis as well, but you know, him using his legs a lot too. Uh, if we all had to like pick a new one each time, it, it might just be all three running backs, but yeah, Webb has been, uh, as far as truly new guys to the team. I mean, he's, I mean, he probably wins it for both sides of the ball. Um, yeah, so for sure. So the next one, it's tough because obviously the, this defense, like I said, we're not going to sugarcoat things. This is a bad defense. Um, but if I had to pick the best newcomer, I'm going to take the easy way out. I'm going to go with Travis J. I know he's been hurt a little bit. Um, 
He did not play last year at all because of an academic issue with the class, which makes no sense to me with the NCAA. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he, again, it's his first year at Florida state actually playing in games to me. And I know Freddie likes him. He's a, he's a Polk County boy, but man, he's, that guy's going to be special. He, he, I think he'll be all ACC, if not all American before he leaves Florida state. What do you think TJ? Yeah. I mean, I'd probably have to go there too. The defense has been so bad that it's, it's hard to, you know, there haven't been a lot of brand new difference makers. There haven't been a lot of difference makers at all. Um, Maybe I could kind of cheat and say Kando since he wasn't, you know, since he's you know, not a newcomer. He's not really he's a, far from a newcomer. He's <laughs> kind of kind of a newcomer <laughs> as far as putting a full season together, you know, like that's yeah, kind of, yeah. you know, but other than that, I, I mean, yeah, it's Travis J uh, for sure. Freddie, where you at, man? I'm going to roll with Jay, but I do believe that um, Steven Diggs, as he gets in experience, he'll end up being one of our top guys nice. on the defensive side of the ball. I really think he has a, a bright future and every week you see the progression he's making. So he's a guy I'm excited about as well. Fred, Freddie's like me, man. We got those central Florida guys. We got to, we got to stand by him. You know, he's, he's from Dr. Phillips here in Orlando. So I'm a huge Stephen Dix jr. Fan. Um, the, the next one that we have here is the biggest surprise on a positive note. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to steal everybody's answer here, but it's the offensive line, right? Like that's, we, we did not think the offensive line would be, even average this year and we didn't expect them to be but here we are you know six games in and they look good like not just average they look like a and and i'm not trying to say they're on georgia alabama level but this is a unit that from the years previous we thought would be terrible and they they're more than holding their own freddie like you never played behind the offensive line that looked this good i don't think did you now we had we had some issues. Uh, with maybe 13, 2013. Yeah, 13. 13. 13, 13, 13, 13 yeah. NFL. Yeah. So let, let's, let, let's remove 2013 from the discussion. 14 was good too, but um, the years after that, we started struggling. And I think the year after I left, it got bad and super bad. Like we, we had some struggles, but by the end of the season, you would always see us get better. These last few seasons, these teams, they were struggling the entire season and they weren't getting any better. So going into the season, we that's what we were expecting to see another horrible offensive line and have the defense pick us up. But they stepped up and I mean it's been great yeah. for us. Our offense is putting up points now. Like I can't I can't knock it. Yeah, they're, and they're putting up a lot of yards. So the, the points are they're gonna come eventually, but those yards are still every week by week, the offense is doing what they need to do, TJ. Just to clarify, what is the superlative? I got so distracted with you slandering 2013's offensive line. <laughs> so I, I said biggest positive surprise is what we have I mean, here. yeah, I'll go in a different direction. I mean, I'll, I'll probably give him like five things, but Jordan Travis, you know, like yeah. didn't yeah. didn't didn't start the year. Nobody was calling for him to start the year, right? Like we all said it was Purdy, yeah. and we all wanted to know like, oh, once Purdy got hurt, like can Tay do anything? Nobody was saying anything about Travis, and he's come in and – you know, we don't win the North Carolina without Travis game without Travis. We don't win the Jacksonville no. State game without Travis. We don't look respectable against Notre Dame without Travis. You know, and so yeah, it's got to me, it's got to be him. I think the offensive line's been very good. I'm very pleasantly yeah. surprised with with how they've played, but uh Travis has been the spark that the team needed to get the two wins that they've got. So um, you know, we'll see how he holds up in the second half of the year. But yeah, I think it's him. Yeah, and I think it's very complimentary, right? Like that offensive line looks better because of Travis, and Travis looks really good because his offensive line looks like they know what they're doing. So it, it 
it's it's a beautiful thing to see as a Florida State fan, even though we're two and six or two and four. That you know oh, that we we haven't seen <laughs> we haven't seen like competency in the offensive line in years. So it's awesome. So the next one now, now we gotta get into a little bit of negatives a little bit, unfortunately, but this is superlatives. So the biggest disappointment, I know where I'm going, but I'll go last here. I'll, I'll, I'll let Freddie go first. Um, I hate singling guys out, but this, um, this guy, I had all super high expectations for him coming into the season. It's on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Warren, Tom- Warren Thompson, I thought that's a guy with his ability. Um, he can do everything in the book if he – decided to put his mind to it like you see there's something there just not clicking for him and it's upsetting because he could take this offense to a completely different level if he just bought in and that that's a guy I hope he figures it out but for me he's been the biggest disappointment for you TJ yeah I think it's the entire defensive line um this was supposed to be a strength of the team um you know pro football for focus and um several national guys Cole Kubelik with the SEC network and just guys all over the place where you know Barrett Salee I'm trying to think back of who else maybe Staples I can't remember everybody but, yeah, uh, everyone thought. yeah everybody was just saying this was you know top four or five uh defensive line in the country maybe maybe the best you know one of the best in the ACC between us and Clemson you know so um man just total disappointment I think they've shown some improvement um and they've done some things well to start, but I mean, that's definitely the, I mean, really the whole defense has been a, a disappointment. So I don't know. I could probably go on and on here, but um, the defensive line is, is gotta be the top. That was supposed to be the strength of the team. And, and they've, you know, for a defense that hasn't been very good. I mean, it's, it's, they, they might've been the worst part of it. Yeah. It might've been behind the secondary even. So uh, yeah, D line for me. Yeah. I, I have to co-sign both of you um, heading into this question. My answer was with you, TJ, the defensive line, like no individuals because, and uh, with Marvin coming back and then Cooper and dirt and then Kando and Janoris Robinson supposed to take the next step. And we just haven't seen it outside of that first half against North Carolina. And hopefully we get to see it uh, towards the tail end of the season, because I, if that defensive line plays anywhere close to expectations, I mean, that's the difference between, two wins and maybe six wins. Like I don't think either one of those is going to be what's uh, the most likely outcome, but there's, there's opportunity there. Um, yeah. I, I think it's the defensive line as a whole, because again, it's not any individual um, Marvin's played great the past few weeks, but he did not show up the first few weeks. Uh, Kando had that huge play against North Carolina and then he doesn't show up at all against Louisville. So it, it, it's, it sucks because man, that we know we have talented players that are, have the ability and they've shown it, but they're not doing it on a week to week basis. So I, I, I think that's something that, you know, hope, hopefully they, they can come into that. And then the last truly negative one and, and guys, you can get creative with this and we don't need to call out guys by individual names, but it, we are I'm doing superlatives. We are doing superlatives. CJ name names. If you want, I, I have a lot of names in my mind, but I'm, I'm going to do a blanket statement, but class clown, uh, Freddie, who's the class clown man for this team? Again, you don't have to name a name, but there's a lot of activity that that is pretty clownish on this program right now. Yeah, I'm gonna just say the class clowns on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I'm gonna hint, hint at that. Um, he's a guy that he's been here for a while and just struggled making plays on the field, and 
doesn't need the, doesn't have the instincts um, that you need at his position. He's one of those guys. I'm not gonna call him up. I've said I've, I've called him up before on the show. So, but, um, he struggled, but we found ways to um replace him and get some of the younger guys in there. So it is it is what it is. Uh, he's just a guy. Some guys they try as hard as they can. They just it just isn't for everybody. So. Um, we got that fixed, and hopefully these young guys step up. I mean, I'll, I'll piggyback off you, and then I'll throw it to TJ, but my class clown is anybody on the defense that wants to celebrate making a tackle five yards downfield or the quarterback just throws an errant pass and the receiver had no chance of catching it, and you go and wag your finger or do the incomplete sign like you made a play when you didn't do shit on that play. So I'm sorry, but that that's just it's infuriating to me on a week by week basis. Like I love this team and I love these players, but when the, a receiver beats you by ten yards and the quarterback just throws an uncatchable ball and you celebrate like you did something, stop that! You are all the class clowns. I'm done with everybody on defense who does that. Celebrate a big play like Kando against North Carolina, the pick six, amazing play. Celebrate that. Do not celebrate breaking up a pass or tackling a guy 10 yards downfield. That that just it, it is so frustrating. TJ, tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. Um, but what I'll say is worse than that is when they uh wag their finger after a DPI. That is to me, <laughs> like there is nothing that makes me want to break my TV more than um seeing that. Um yeah, I'll go class clown. Um, oh, I go class clown DJ Matthews, um, who is no longer with the program. Uh, I don't want to call anybody else out by name, but uh, I'll just go with him since he got uh, since he's not here anymore. But yeah, I kind of agree with Richie as well on the on the defensive backs. Or sorry, I had to get it off my chest. <laughs> but the next one. With- yeah man it it was and it still is but the next one the most likely to succeed we're going back to positive so uh most likely to succeed in uh, i spent uh specifically nfl um man i I don't know where to go from here i i think the easy i'm gonna take the cop out the easy answer asante samuel that guy's a stud man He, he shuts down half of the field on defense he is just so good you have a better chance of having a higher quarterback rating on pro football focus by throwing the ball on the ground every single play than throwing against Asante Samuel. So I, I'm go, I'm taking the easy out, easy out here. Freddie, where you at? Yeah, that's tough because I was um I was gonna take them too. And it's <laughs> some of your, some of our guys that I was looking at, they're younger guys, so you still gotta see more out of them before you mm-hmm. can make that um decision. So yeah, at this point I would have to say Asante with his body of work, he's proven it in it in the league he's gonna be able to move around and play it few different positions. So he, he's going to give himself opportunity to make some money and be yeah. successful at next level. For sure. Um, I mean, I'll go Terry, you know, I think that that's a good one. No, that's a really good uh, one. on offense. He's, he's probably one of only a few that, that will be there. I mean, it's so, so early, but you know, Toa Philly has flashes, um, but it's hard to project that at this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll cop out and go Terry on, on offense. So I, I stole these next two from, uh, one of my favorite sports podcasts, part of my take from the Barstool network. Uh, they have a thing called, you know, cool, cool throne, hot seat or 
yeah, cool throwing hot seat. And it's, it's one of those things. Like I want to talk about our coaches because we need to discuss this. So cool throne, who has the uh, most job security of any Florida state assistant right now? I think we we all have the same answer and I'm not going to take it. So I'll let TJ start it. I mean, would it be Atkins? I mean, like, it certainly he's be, not right? going anywhere, yeah, right? Yeah, it has like, to be Atkins. You know, <laughs> That's is, what I was teeing you all up for. Yeah, that, the it, miracle here. I was trying not to overthink <laughs> it. Like, wait, am I, like, missing somebody? No, like, no. You, what's you, going on? No, you, you are spot on, TJ. <laughs> and I think Freddie's with us, too. Unless, Freddie, do you think – is Atkins the guy uh, as far as assistance, or is there somebody else you're, you're kind of eyeing? No, I will we talked about it earlier. This offensive line has been horrible for the past few years, and now yeah. they're one of the bright spots of this team. So, shout out to Coach Atkins. He's done a great job with these guys. Yeah, and I'll just co-sign you guys, and I'll throw an honorable mention to Papuchis. Like, that special teams has been really good this year. And I know he coaches defensive ends as well, so that's why I didn't, you know, put him over Atkins. But, man, that he's been phenomenal in what – uh, Mike Norvell's asked of him to do. And then we go to the the hot seat, which I, again, I think we're all going to be on the same page here. The, nobody can be on a hotter seat than Adam Fuller right now. And, and I'm not into firing coaches six games into a season, but he needs to, he needs to do something this year, like really soon because it, it's, it's been an embarrassment. We've given up more yards every single week than the previous week. And it's not getting better. So Freddie, like, obviously I, I think you're going to co-sign Adam Fuller, but at the same time, like, can we fix this? Shoot, that's, that's just, I hope so. Like it's I'm feeling <laughs> about that. How I felt about the offensive line. Like, I don't know at yeah. this point, like every game is even the North Carolina game. We look back at the numbers, like, Oh, we thought we played better, but when we look back <laughs> at these numbers, God damn. So I don't know. Ho- hopefully we figure something out. I mean, when we look back at the past two weeks, I, I will say the defensive line, they they even look better against Louisville. They were getting create penetration. Guys weren't making plays. Um, so we saw that. But I, I had a major issue with us playing these guys 30 yards off these speedsters and just letting them run and get – we can't do that against guys that – like yeah. the guys, the athletes they have at Louisville, they're from Florida as well. So they can run, and that's a big game for them. They, they played against a lot of these guys. I – I didn't understand a lot of that. And, and we'll get into it on the second half of, of this podcast, but thank God, man, outside of Clemson, we don't play another offense like Notre Dame, North Carolina, Miami, or even people that have the talent Louisville has. So TJ, where, where are you? Are you, are you with Fuller or is there somebody else you want to, you know, put on notice just in case? Yeah, I think it's Fuller, but I think there are other coaches that have underperformed um for a while and fuller's like the easy target but don't crucify me for this fsu fans but odell you know yeah we've got to we've got to get better on the d-line we got to get better at wide receiver um and i get that you know you've got fsu legends coaching there and and it's difficult to say that but i mean there's still got to be improvement i I don't care if it was bobby coaching those those positions right like we so i'm not saying those guys need to go i'm i'm not quite on the post and Grimes train just yeah. yet, but um, there's still got to be improvement there, right? Like whether it's no matter what the, how the improvement comes, you know, um, losing Terry obviously hurts, but wide receivers have to improve and, and D line was again, supposed to be the strength this year and it just looks terrible. And, and that has to improve too. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely fuller. 
So, it, and we'll finish this on a on a positive note. We talked about doing some Halloween costumes. I think we'll skip those because you know Halloween was last night. Everyone had their fun, and we don't want to upset anybody with the costumes we've picked. But the last one we want to do, and I'll go first, just because I'm gonna again, I'm I'm taking the easy cop out. MVP of the first six weeks is Jordan Travis. Man, it's gotta be. He he's been the guy that came in and turned around this season for Florida State. We without Jordan Travis, we could legitimately be looking at an 0 and 11 season. And he gives me hope that we can go, you know, five and six, potentially six and five. So uh, I, I'm, I'm stealing him before I let you guys answer. But I, for me, it's Jordan Travis. That's a no-brainer. What do you think, Freddie? Yeah, player-wise, you got to go with Jordan <laughs> Travis. But I'm going a, I'm to a go against the grain right here. I'm a, Coach Atkins, man. I Listen, love it. Yes, I love that, Freddie. The has been garbage in the past few years, man. Now we're – now we look good. We're running the ball, we're playing physical football on the offensive side of the ball. I'm all with it, man. When you can run the ball, that dictates everything. So what he's done with this offensive line past few years, I know DeAndre Francois, those guys, they wish they would have an offensive line like this because they got hit. So the job he's done has been tremendous. Atkins been phenomenal. Uh, TJ, what, what do you think, man? Yeah, I think the easy call here is Jordan Travis. Um, want to give a little love to um, Coach Norvell. I think not only was uh, Jordan Travis instrumental in that North Carolina win, Coach Norvell um, coached his tail off in that game, um, speaking specifically about the timeouts um, at the end of the first half. We don't win the game if we don't score that last touchdown before the half. Yeah. And then the decision to, to go with um, – with Travis in the Jacksonville state game. So, um, you know, Travis is still definitely the MVP, but I think that coach Norvell has, um, you know, put Travis in the position to be able to be successful and um, allow him to be that on the field MVP. So I'll give coach Norvell um, some love. He dealt with, um, he's dealt with a lot of things that no coach has ever dealt with um, getting the virus, having to sit out against the biggest rival on the schedule Um you know, a shortened off season, a weird season itself, uh, you know, not being able to have visits and just like the weirdest college football season ever at a top program of all time. Um, yeah. And I think he's kind of, I mean, the record's not real pretty. Obviously we'd like to beat Louisville. We could get to 500, but two and four doesn't look real good, but I think that he's, um, he's a big part of the reason that we have the two wins we have. So um, I'll, I'll go split decision co-MVPs with, Norvell and and Travis. Yeah. And the last one we have real politicians answer here on uh, election week. (laughs) So, so the last superlative I have, and I'm excited about this because I want to hear what you, you, TJ and Freddie think, because like we said, we've been doing this for three months and now we have a billboard in Tallahassee. That's wild. What's been your favorite episode so far uh, since we started this podcast? So TJ, I'll start with you and then go to Freddie. Oh man, I was just gonna have to look through them real quick to see. <laughs> Freddie, we'll we'll start with you. Yeah, Freddie, you go first. I, this is so hard. They're like your children, man. Like, do you like Elena or Bryant better? I'm like, oh, I don't have kids, so I'm good. I, I can make decisions. <laughs> Mine is easy. I, definitely my role. It's not. It's not often. Oh, Freddie, that was my answer. You have to go into the dictionary and get get everything together. Make sure you don't mess up. I heard him talk. I was like, God damn, man. I don't know what the hell he said. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I went and did my research <laughs> and everything after that. But, yeah, definitely my role, man. He he represents the program great. 
and just what he's doing in the, the change, the impact lives in the world is amazing to see. So it's glad I'm glad to call him a no. So so Freddie, I'll, I'll I'll jump on that man, Myron, but by far my favorite. I'm you know, and I'm a you know I'm I'm a somewhat intelligent guy, but I've never felt less smart than when we were interviewing Myron Roll and just hearing him talk about everything. I'm like, my goodness, I I what am I doing with my life? This guy's a neurosurgeon, all American. Uh, Florida State football player, um, but I got to shout out our guy last week, man, Mark Ziegler. Like he he was awesome. He was by far my favorite professor when I went to Florida State. Um, I was lucky enough to get into his class because anybody that went to Florida State knows trying to get into his class is tough. Like it, like Freddie, maybe not for you because you got that football player status, so you're able to you know someone sign up for those classes early for you. But for me. I'd, I'd heard about him. I knew about him. I took his class. He's now become a lifelong friend of mine. You know, like we don't hang, we don't talk regularly or anything, but I see him almost any Florida State game I go to. And, and he's always just so gracious and, and such uplifting. And if you listen to our last podcast with him, you would see like, he's such a good guy, man. He loves Florida State more than anybody loves Florida State. And having him last week was so much fun for me. What about you, TJ? I have to take it. I, I've got a again election week, so I can't give a straight answer. Um, a tie between uh, the Instant Reaction podcast after UNC, um, which <laughs> yes. was lit, and you should go back and listen to it. And uh, I mean, I love the minor role one, but man, the first episode with—I mean, I'm the biggest Demarcus Walker fan, yeah, ever. Um, and we're not close like him and Freddie are close, but like we're. Like we're buddies, like we text, like I text, but like I'm still like in awe. And I thought Andy Staples was really, really good. It was just the excitement yeah. of a new podcast, and we had no clue what we were doing at that point. <laughs> um, but we got on here and we did it. So uh, I, I mean, you know, I think I'm, that's just what I'm going to listen to on the way to work tomorrow. Is is kind of listen <laughs> to like what it was like on that first episode. Probably each other, all of us cutting each other off and not knowing how to like no chemistry between us. Yeah, we no, had no idea what Bob we were and doing, weave. any of us. I know. <laughs> No Bob and Weave like we've got going now, but uh, I, mean, I love that first one with with those guys. I mean, I love the start, but Myron was awesome. Obviously, he's like so many of them have been fun. The fullback episode was hilarious. The funniest yeah. one we've done is the fullback episode, without a doubt. Um, you know, I but uh, so many of them are great. Like you said, it's like your kids. The uh, the Louisville preview was great um, <laughs> no, because we had. <laughs> Because we had so much hype, like we we all thought we were, we thought like, we were gonna oh, blow them out, like it'll be yeah, easy man. win. <laughs> the Georgia Tech preview was great. We were asking this Ken Segura, like, how are you guys even gonna stay on the field with you know, like so I don't know. Go back and listen to all of them because they're you gotta funny, go but... back to that and realize that he didn't he didn't he didn't think they had a chance to win either. Uh, yeah, like man, right. if we can get a couple turnovers, keep this thing close. Oh man. Oh man. What a wild oh. ride. In just three months. I love it. Like, like I love doing this podcast with you guys. My wife loves it. All my friends love it. So man, I'm having a blast. No, I am too. Um, before we get into uh we got a YouTube question here um from Rod Watts, and I'm gonna answer that in just a second. This is a radio business, what you call a teaser. If you're watching this, if you could retweet it, share it, uh, tag a friend, post a link, however you can do it, share in a group message, we would certainly appreciate it. If you could follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, it's all Double Fries Pod. Subscribe on YouTube, Double Fries No Slaw, and we would appreciate it. Uh, we've got a couple of callers we're gonna jump to real quick, bring them on. 
Uh, let's chat let's with go. him for a few minutes. Let's go. And then we will uh, get into the second half of the show, get this wrapped up. You guys can go watch some Sunday Night Football, um, and we'll get out of here. So let me add our first caller here, connecting to audio. Oh, there he is. We've got Wilson What's up, young Lemieux. There he is, Wilson. Wilson Lemieux of the Lemieux Company. He sponsors Freddy's Extra Sauce segment. There is no extra sauce right. segment this week because we didn't play, but there will be one next week after we hopefully beat Pittsburgh. Wilson, how you doing tonight? Doing good, man. Just trying to get all the earned media I can since we don't have Freddy's segment <laughs> this week. I got to show up anywhere I can. So, <laughs> how you boys doing? We good, good man. man. We just I'm we good, just went through some superlatives and looking toward the second half of this year. Hopefully, hopefully a little better than this first half was. Yeah, no, man. It's crazy. Tuesday is going to be crazy too. So it's just a, a wild and willy week for sure. So what do you guys think about uh, Pittsburgh? You think that we're going to – what do you think is going to happen? I have no idea. There's no consistency so, with the football So team. I spent the last few days like just flooding Dan Marino's DMs because I really wanted Dan Marino on this podcast, and I know he's not coming. Uh, but, man, he was my favorite quarterback when I was a little kid. Uh, but, yeah, Pitt, I think they have a really good defense, and they have a really bad offense. Um, I, I've not made my decision. I think TJ knows where he's leaning. I'm not sure about Freddie on, on the score predictions, but I, I'm not ready to pick this game, but I, I think it'll be a good game. I'm excited for it. It's Florida State football during a pandemic. We didn't think this was happening. I'm pumped for it. Oh, um, for sure. ESPN gives – Richie hates me for bringing up FPI every week, but he brought <laughs> it up first this year and introduced me to it, so I don't really care. Um, Florida State has a better chance to beat Pittsburgh than any other team, according to FPI than any other team that's left on the schedule, right? And the only reason because of that is because we played Duke on the road. Duke's pretty bad, too. So um, if we're going to win a game the rest of the year, we, gotta we, win better, win, we better win this one. <laughs> you know, and I'm not saying that – I mean, there's a chance you could – but I, I think that – I think that Florida State will be – I mean, we'll – you know, we'll preview it pretty hard on Thursday and go into a lot more. But, I mean, Pittsburgh just lost to Notre Dame 45-3. You know, I think yeah. why we struggled with Louisville was because their strength was our strength, right? Like our strength was the offense, their strength was offense. And they're just a lot better at that. And there's you know, Pittsburgh is not a good offensive team. And so I think that we are going to be able to score on them and, and our defense isn't great, but I think our defense will do. Okay. We're a half point favorite right now. So um, are we really we'll see, oh see kind of how that holds up, you know, but it's essentially a <laughs> oh my God. Are we really? Uh, so, well, I don't know. I think we win. So how does this work? Do I get like one question and then a bounce or like no, am I I'm automatically out, co host now? Or okay, no, you're, so, you're a sponsor, you hang out with us. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I do have one question and, and it kind of goes to Freddie and it's like kind of layered. I want to make sure I got my facts right. So Freddie, you came into the program what 2013, right? Yeah. So it was hopping your freshman year. Without a doubt. <laughs> so you were here what 13, 14, 15? And then were you here 16 or no? Yeah, I was uh, 16 was my last year. Okay. So right after you left, everything kind of went to hell in a handbasket. And so you were able to see the program at the top and then right before the decline became super evident. And I don't know how much um, detail you can give me or, or how much you can actually say to this, but being on a team like Florida State kind of from its peak, my, I mean, some would even say it's the best that it ever was to kind of right there with Dalvin's last game. Um, were you able to see and tell that the vibe had shifted and that things were kind of not meshing like they were 
back in 2013. What was that like? Were you able to see that decline happening? And if so, what was that like? And then further, um, what are some telltale signs that a program's picking back up to get back to where it can home? Okay. Um, I think from 2013 to 2014, you saw a drop just from the mentality of the team. Um, on paper, we believe that in 2014, we had a better team than the 2013 team did, but that mindset of 2013 was just, it was different. In 2014, that was a team, a lot of guys had won that championship the year before, so they, we felt like it was going to come easy. We didn't put in the same word. Guys weren't as hungry, and you just saw it. Um, that 2013 season, everybody was focused on getting better. Um, we didn't, and it's crazy, we didn't even talk about the championship, like winning that championship. We knew that was the goal, but we were just focusing on getting better each and every day. 2014, we knew we were in trouble because we started paying attention to media. Like we had this whole thing. Season started out in Dallas. And so we're like, Dallas to Dallas. The college football playoffs going to be in Dallas, and we're starting off playing Oklahoma State in Dallas. And that's when I knew, I was like, man, we done bought into the hype, man. I don't know how this going to go. And we started the game off hot. We started blowing them out. So we're like, all right, this thing. <laughs> then they started getting in our ass. And every game that season, teams were doing that. And it, you, we could flip that switch, but you saw the inconsistencies and in how we trained in the offseason, how dedicated guys were. We And then when we played Oregon, everything caught up with us finally because I was a team. They put in work and they can score fast. And if you gave them opportunity, they were going to expose you. And that's exactly what happened. So fast forward to 2015 and 2016, you now got guys, they seen some of that success in 2013 and 2014. And now they just think it just it just happens. And guys don't want to come in and put that work and they think it's just going to be easy. And then mm-hmm. us as leaders, it's tough because you want to groom these guys into these roles because you know they're going to have to take over the program. But at the same time, you don't want to kill their confidence, make it to where they can't trust, you know, things of that nature. So it was, it was kind of like it was like pulling teeth at times. And then when we left, it just fell apart. So we saw it before it before it happened. But it was, it was tough. We, we saw it coming up. So Freddie, so, man, go ahead. As, as a fan, Sorry. like, man, and maybe I'm just a, a, a complete homer. But that 2014 against Oregon, I thought it was a lot closer than the score even indicated because I thought Jameis played really well. Um, obviously, Dalvin was young and, and he had a couple of costly fumbles, but if he doesn't fumble the ball there and if Jameis gets in on that first drive in, in the game, I think y'all beat Oregon. I, I don't know if you beat Ohio State because they were they were freaking good, man. But 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 that was that game. Was that not a lot closer than the score indicated, Freddie? I think um, on our side it may have seemed, but on the sideline, I don't ever believe we believe that we could stop Oregon. Just from us, I didn't see a defense really? that stopped them. They didn't defense didn't prove to me that they could stop Oregon that whole game. So once we got stopped on offense, like the whole season, like this war mentality was like, shit, we I don't know they put no points. <laughs> so that was the first time I was like, man, I don't know, we got to score soon. And that's when all those turnovers started happening. And it got ugly. yeah. And when we went to the half in that game, I see, I'll go to my grave thinking that we were a lot closer in that game than we were. Now, the second half obviously got out of hand, but we went to the half down 13 to 18 and had a lot, a lot of things go wrong. Like every break that could go their way did, right? Like Jameis got stopped on the fourth and one. That's seven points there. Um, 
first drive of the game, Nick O'Leary got pulled down on a um, pass to the end zone. That's four. We kicked the field goal. That's four points there. Roberto had been so clutch for two years, missed a field goal. Rashad Green dropped a pass on an out route uh, that would have made that field goal a little bit closer. Jalen dropped a pick in the first half. I mean, we legitimately could have been up by 14, 17 points in the first half. Now, we weren't. I'm not playing the. I mean, I am playing the if game, but I'm not playing the if game. We weren't right. Like they outplayed us, but like I went into the half thinking, man, if we clean those little things up, we can win this going away. And um, I mean, heck, if you just take one of those away, right? like just Jameis getting stopped short, we go into the half with the lead. And so, like, I'm going to my grave thinking that we were like inches away from to use a Jimbo quote from uh, beating them, even though we lost by forty. <laughs> I don't. This is one thing people don't know. O'Leary pulled his hamstring bad in warm-ups. So he was out of there from the beginning of the game. That's why you didn't see him heavily featured in the game. And that kind of hurt the offense a little bit as well when we were trying to make that run at the end of the game because we couldn't use one of our biggest weapons. People don't know this to this day. O'Leary pulled his hamstring, and it was like super slick on that damn field, and something happened, and he – Jerded and it was it was bad. We didn't know if he was gonna be able to play, but he fought, he fought through it and got out there on the field. That's what Nick does. Well, He's a dog. Well, well, shout out to him and Freddie. I'm just gonna say for a future episode reference, we need to get him like in the next week for the Masters because obviously his. I don't know if you heard this or not. You you probably never heard this before, but he is Jack Nicholas's grandson. <laughs> Freddie wasn't watching the TV like we were, so he probably didn't hear it as many times as we did. That's true. Like 17 it's times funny. a game. You got to get DeMarcus and Nick O'Leary on here. We got to try to get them on at the same time because DeMarcus would always mess with him about Tiger Woods being better than his granddad. And Nick hated him. <laughs> so, so Freddie, I'm a huge golf fan, and I love that because it's always like Jack is the GOAT and then is Tiger the GOAT. But man, they were both phenomenal. Like you can't compare them because they they played in two different eras. It's kind of like LeBron and MJ, right? They played in two different eras. You can't compare them, but they were Except both LeBron phenomenal. Except LeBron, no, is M- MJ's the goat. Come on, come on, TJ. Come on, he's the goat. TJ, do you, for sure. TJ, do you say that because LeBron's a Laker, or did you believe that when he was at the Cavs? That's a I believe great question. That, I believe that um, his last two years of the Cavs. But I would have put MJ ahead. So, all right, not to get into this whole debate. I mean, Le- LeBron is, we're, we're LeBron going is Jordan versus Brian. LeBron on double fries. No I was going to say, this is exactly what they're tuned in for. <laughs> LeBron is, to me, LeBron is the greatest athlete that's ever lived. Like, just pure athlete. Like, I'm talking, like, strength, speed, agility, durability. Like, of all the athletes, right? Like, so your guys like Bo Jackson, Deion Sanders, you know, like, all of those guys, right? Um LeBron is number one to me. So is Michael a better shooter? Yes. Like my, you know, but like as far as efficiency and completeness and stuff, like I'm probably saying that LeBron is a better, he was a better player for longer. You know, I I don't, I need a new podcast. I need a new podcast. I don't really take like the, I don't really take into account the six and O because like Michael didn't only play six seasons. <laughs> there were a lot of seasons that Michael Michael's season ended before the finals, which those count too, you know, like, so like finals record doesn't really mean anything. Like when I just watch the two players, like to me, LeBron was like, he just passes the eye test. Like he just, I've never seen such a freak of nature in any, aspect of any you know so he's like phenomenal he is phenomenal yeah i mean but it's no not doubt. like 
it's not like Jordan's just trash. You know, like I'm not one of these guys that like, like Jordan's like, better, but really LeBron was close. phenomenal. Jordan's so, a better shooter. Other than that, like LeBron's just better at everything else. Everything so here's, else. here's why I love LeBron though. His favorite college receiver, Peter Warwick. Peter Warwick. Yep. Yeah. Peter Warwick. So you I mean he's a no at heart. You know what I mean? Like you've got to believe that he's a no fan. But what what Jordan has going for him, and I'm gonna tie all this back because I do have like one <laughs> more question, but Jordan transcends athletics. There's not another athlete that does that. And I not even LeBron, honestly. Jordan created this Jordan brand that I think grosses more than the entire Nike brand in yeah. general. Yeah. And Jordan came in at the right time. No one else, maybe Tiger, but nobody else outside of Tiger has been able to transcend athletics and stay almost is almost squeaky clean. Jordan had some stuff going on, but like I think that Jordan transcends sports. Jordan is bigger than basketball. Jordan's bigger than his yes. shoes. Jordan's bigger than any one sport, period. And I think that that's what makes him the GOAT, and I don't think anybody else could do that. Well, um, I also think that – I think the think, last yeah, dance did, for me, the last dance, man, I was done. Like th th That sold me on everything. I already thought Jordan was the GOAT, but like my wife, who's not a big sports fan. You watch, you watch Jordan propaganda and – that solidified you uh, saying that LeBron, uh, that Jordan was better. <laughs> oh no, no. Well, no. Like Jordan put that I'm together. <laughs> like my, like my wife is like, she's not a sports fan, but she watched the, the last dance. And, and it, granted it's 2020 with it's a pandemic. It's a, been a shit show, but man, like that, if you can't watch that series and, and come away thinking Jordan Man, it's the greatest ever, and I do. And, and, and no disrespect to LeBron because I think he's a great player, but he's not Jordan, and he he never will be, and he and he'll never come close, in my opinion. Uh, Freddie, what do you think, man? Like you, you, you've been kind of quiet on this on this topic. Uh, one man. thing I will say, I know you said the last dance, but give it about 20, 25 years, LeBron gonna have one, and we hear about his training regimen in the off season. Yeah, so you may change your your mind, like. This no, guy, my mind will never change, Freddie. He's been doing this for all this time, man. He's stayed healthy all these years, man. Yeah. I don't know. You can't sleep on LeBron. Me personally, I didn't. I got to see a little bit of Jordan, not much. Um. Yeah. But dude, I'm going with I'm going with LeBron, man. Listen, everybody, you feel me? Everybody he around, he makes better. Hey, Wilson. A, everybody can't be mad at that. LeBron can't be mad at that. being that assassin, like. Kobe and LeBron to drop 50 and patch the ball out for the last play of the game because he sees an open guy and then they kill him for that. He just dropped yeah. 50. So <laughs> I don't know. You can't, you can't, LeBron can't win. That is unfair. Um, because Wilson, I, I, I'm, on, I'm on the same page, Freddie. Like, I think you got to take that shot, but at the same time, you're giving a better shot to a teammate. So it, it's tough for me because I, I think you have to take that shot if you're LeBron every single time. Yeah. But man, if you pass it off, and they don't make it that that that's got to be on you lebron is the smartest basketball player that ever lived because he doesn't yeah. do exactly what richie just said like kobe hit a lot of game winners and i'm a, i mean i'm wearing my championship hat tonight right like so i'm <laughs> seeing every kobe's big but like right here saying this man so you know right but lebron <laughs> right yeah i named my son after him right like but lebron <laughs> makes the right play every single time Right. Kobe took a lot, a lot of bad shots. He had a lot of bad shots, but LeBron makes the right play every single time. Wilson was right, though. The reason that people will the reason that Jordan will always be the goat is not only because of all the off the 
court stuff, the, the brand, the logo, everything else, it's because he's the measuring stick, right? Like yeah. he is what you come. If, if LeBron would have come first, it'd be the same way the other way, because when you're comparing no. it, it's no, a, stop yeah, it. Absolutely. Stop it. My point. Let me make my point. How do I mute Richie? Mute Richie. Um, if LeBron came first, he would then be the measuring stick. Just like, I mean, I hate to say this, no wide receiver will ever be better than Peter Warwick at Florida State. And there's a reason for that. He was the measuring stick. He was the one that we'll compare him to. And you look at that in any situation, there's people that still have a tough time right now saying that Brady's better than Montana. And it's like, dude, how can you, oh, but Joe did it for blah, blah, blah. That's just how it works. If LeBron would have come first, he would have that legacy. He would have that brand. He would have the shoes. He would be the one that we model. He'd the one be the one you watched a documentary on this summer. And so that's oh. kind of, I mean, that's just how it works. But well, I mean, it's, it's real weird when LeBron wins the next two and has six <laughs> titles because then it's just like, all right, well, now what do we do? Well, but if you plot LeBron now into the league in the 90s, right? Oh, my God. He wins he's nine so much straight. bigger. He's so much bigger than all right. those guys. I mean, it's like Freddie out there playing. Nah, LeBron yeah. six seven. <laughs> oh man, I ain't really no help out there. Well, guys, thank y'all for letting me come in. I think the last question I have is: I know that we said um, progress isn't linear, but brother, I mean, here's UNC, and like way back there is Louisville. At what point do we actually see consistency? And to cut Norvell slack, do you think that he has all the right pieces yet? So, so I th- I think Wilson, we need to flip the roster. Um, we, we have a lot of players on this team that th- they don't know success. The only success they've ever seen was that win over North Carolina, and they don't know how to respond to that success because that, that I think that's the biggest issue. And we saw it against Louisville and, you know, beating Pitt is a big step. Like I think we will beat Pitt and that's a huge step for the team. But at the same time, like they're not where they need to be yet. And I I think the hard pill to swallow for Florida state fans, we're not going to be where we expect to be for probably another two or three years. Yeah, no. Okay. I think I said it um a few weeks ago, man. Learning from it, you have to learn from failure, but it's just as important to be able to handle success. And I think that's yeah. clearly what we saw last week against Louisville. And I'm gonna take this opportunity to pick on our guys down south. You see it every year when the past few years when Miami would beat us, they <laughs> they would beat us, and then they would just completely shit away the rest of the season. And all you would hear their fans say. It's all well, we beat Florida State. And that's yeah. that's what it seemed like we how we approach the game. Like, oh, we beat a top five team. No, like every week is a different week. You got to cons- consistently get better. And I think, yeah, we do have to flip the roster. And it's a, we have to change this culture as well. Because although we beat UNC and you've seen some strides, our defensive line has played a little bit better the past two weeks. You still see some guys that are fighting it. Um, the inconsistencies on the field, guys not being technically sound, discipline, like our discipline still all over the place. Um, we still got a lot of room to grow. So we still got to flip. We got still got to flip the roster. Culture is still struggling. We still get these penalties throughout the game. 
it's going to be a process and it's going to be two to three years, like I said, and fans have to understand that. Like we can't just every coach we get run them out the door. Cause I, I watched film on Memphis before the season and Norvell's a guru on the offensive side of the ball. Like the stuff he does to create, like we had a guy on there early in the season was talking about the things that Novell does to be able to run the football. I saw Novell. I don't know if somebody else did it before, but he ran a damn counter. He pulled the guard and the guard countered back side. Like I've never seen that before. Like yeah. I'm going to try to pull the clip up, but it happened with Memphis. <laughs> I was like, Yo. coming soon on, on Freddie's extra sauce brought to you by Wilson Lemoux. Like fans, y'all got to chill. Like just, <laughs> just, just let him get some time. Cause he, he really be in his yeah. bag. I was watching Memphis. I was like, yo, we got this dude. And I I tweeted it last year. I was like, yo, I never seen this before. And then he becomes our coach. And then it came back to me that it was him. So we we're in good hands with him, I believe. I just think everybody wants to jump the box and look for negatives all the time. Of course, well, we got, yeah. Yeah, we got some and- we got some areas that we can improve in, but I I think I, I believe he's our guy. We we can shake some stuff up on the staff, I believe. And but other than that, I think we got a head coach. Well, and I think, too, a lot of people want to talk about Jim, what Jimbo did from 2010 to 2013. But people don't – I mean, people do realize he was here from 07 to 13. So, I mean, he had six years, really. Because, I mean – and you, some of y'all were actually there during it, right? I'm like – Unfortunately, I was, yeah. So – By the, the way, way, I love Bob, the I love the Palace shirt, Wilson. Thanks, man. It's a coffee shop <laughs> here in town. You know what I mean? Uh, no, no but, it's the Palace in Tallahassee. <laughs> Okay, cool, dude. Uh, but all that being said, Jimbo had three years under this under Bobby Bowden. Didn't they make a Jimbo rule after Jimbo switched from head coach and waiting to head coach that like you couldn't do that anymore for yeah. recruiting purposes? So I mean, yeah. yeah. So Jimbo was bringing in his guys for three years before he ever started the 2010 season. I think that I mean, if we're being realistic. And I know that we didn't get Taggart very long at all, but like I do see a huge difference in terms of attention to detail, all of that kind of stuff. I'm excited to see what Norvell looks like once he has his first like full team. And maybe that is 2023. But I think that a lot of it is this loser blood somewhat kind of mentality. And I'm not up. I mean, everybody on that football team could whoop my ass, right? Like I, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make Waterboy on the team. But we talked about none of those guys know how to succeed. I mean, the seniors on this team were on the sidelines when y'all played Michigan, right, Freddie? So the only success they've seen is y'all's success, not their own. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, man. I'm ready for it to start looking up, but we'll have to sit in the the pocket and wait a little bit. Good thing that we have stuff like your your show to to keep us going. And by the way, I just want to say the amount of like star talent you guys bring on here from like old school players or, you know, not so old school players or people coming in from Memphis. I know you guys did it first before the 24 seven guys. Uh, (laughs) What you're able to bring to the table is the most impressive thing about your podcast. Y'all's connections to real Seminoles and how they're always on the show is really impressive. So you guys keep up the good work and thank y'all for letting me sponsor. It's worth every penny. Sir, we appreciate right, we, you, we appreciate you, man. That's that's awesome. I love that. All right, you guys yeah. be good. Go Knowles. Go Knowles, man. Go. Thank you so much. Oh, he's awesome, man. Love Wilson. No, no, he's awesome. So we got one more caller. Let's um, jump to jump to him. See if it connects well. 
Um, looks like the audio is connecting. The video's there. The audio's coming. There he is. Scott. Got What's Scott. Up, man? Hold on. The audio's not there. Now it's there. Scott, how's it going, man? Can you hear us? He's got that Cromartie Wi-Fi. Oh, I think the Wi-Fi is good. The video looks good. Scott, can you hear us? Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I can't hear you, Scott. Video's good. Video's good. Video's good. You might be. Well, no, you ain't on mute because I can see if you were on mute. Oh, now we got somebody that's not Scott on here. <laughs> we got two people. Scott, man. We can see. Oh, you. and they're trying to fix it. They're trying to fix it. We're there good. we go. I think we got them. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. Scott. Oh. Can we hear you now, Scott? May have to just type this question up and we'll get to it. <laughs> TJ, you can uh you can answer the YouTube question while you're waiting. Oh yeah, let's ask that. While we while we are waiting on Scott right there, uh, this is probably best for Freddie, but Richie, if you have any ideas or anything. The one thing I'm very disappointed in this season is the uh, lack of halftime adjustments on offense and defense. Any thoughts there, Freddie? Um, Scott, I see you talking there. I can't hear anything you're saying though. So maybe jump out and jump back in, Scott. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, maybe if you jump out and jump back in, maybe it'll work a little better. So just close it and re-click the link. Uh, Freddie, any thoughts there on halftime adjustments and the lack thereof? Yeah, I think um, it's it was an issue, a major issue early on in the season. We we saw it like we early on in the games. We were these first fifteen plays on the offensive side of the ball would come out hot, and then in the second half, you would be like, "Where did that go at?" And on the defensive side, I wouldn't even say halftime adjustments. We started off the game horrible from the jump on the defensive side, but on the offensive side, at the beginning of the season, we did struggle with making halftime adjustments. But I do think, like, even when you look at the UNC game, we came out in that first play, that first play we ran coming out of half, like, they made they made adjustments. They they went in there and they saw the weaknesses that we could attack. And even in the UNC game, I think on the defensive side as well, we made some great adjustments. It's just, it was UNC. Like, we still got a young team and they're making mistakes. But I think they made some adjustments that game. But Louisville, I don't – I don't even know what to tell you about that one. We like that one. I can't to see that transformation from UNC to Louisville to where we were playing aggressive all in their face to being a passive team. It just didn't make sense to me. So across the board, we got to We got to do something about that because we didn't really put our defense in the position to be successful. Our, our defense line came to play and we didn't help them out. See, I'm a little different than I don't care when the points come. I just want to see points. So the, the, those 31 against North Carolina in the first half, give me those all in the first half because I, I don't want to score 10 points in the first half and then 21 in the second half because this team, unfortunately, we're not built to come from behind. I, I don't think we are. Like That's where we are. And so I, I think for Florida State fans, that my message, the way I look at it personally is don't be upset if, you know, we score, 
you know, 30 points in the first half and nothing in the second half, just be excited. We score 30 points because that's, that's a great game. Um, and I will say Florida state, we, we drove down to like the five yard line or better against Miami, Notre Dame, North Carolina, all in the second half in that first drive. So the, I, I don't think the second half offense is a problem. Um, obviously we'd love to see more points. We'd love to see us make a field goal, but that sounds ridiculous right now. We can't make a freaking field goal for, to save life. But I do think that this offense is well, is good, man. I, with a healthy Jordan Travis, this offense is good when he's limited. We're not, we're not a good offense and we need to realize that. And we'll hope Chubba Purdy can get us there. TJ, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to disagree with that a little bit. Shocker with how we disagreed on everything tonight. But <laughs> uh, yes, if you were to tell me that, you know, you are limited to 31 points, how do you want to score them? I mean, my answer would to you would be I want touchdowns on the first four drives and then a field yeah. goal on the fifth drive, right? I, that's how I would answer it. The problem is in football, that's not how it works. You're not limited to 31 points. And so when you score 31 in the first half, you need to come out and score in the second half. So because, you know, the same way that you're not told uh, you get 31 points, how do you want it? Because that's what the defense would ask for, too. They would ask, if you would have asked North Carolina, how do you want them to score their 35? They would have said, get it out of the way early. Let me know that they're getting to 31 and stopping, and then we'll just score every time after that. All right. So they had a couple drops at the end. It didn't quite work out for them. But now, yeah. So in a perfect world where you knew exactly how many times you were going to score and how many points, sure, you know, give them to me all to start. But if you score 31 in the first half, you've got to score again in the second half. It's the same exact thing that happened with Boise State last year. We scored 31 in the first half, we didn't score again in the second half. We got lucky this time that North Carolina dropped a couple of passes. If we got lucky last year and recovered a fumble, we'd probably win that game. So, yeah, you've you've got to score at least once. I, I thought going into the halftime, I put this in the Discord that we were chatting in, if we would have scored 10 points in the second half, the game would have been over. Honestly. Yeah, for sure. Oh, for sure. Seven yeah. points in the second half, the game would have been over. Um, but – you know, you've, you've got to, you've got to keep it competitive. If a team, the second half knows, cause their assumption is right. Second half is, is there, we're not gonna let them score again. Right. Like we just will keep them from scoring and that's how we'll come back. Well, that doesn't happen a lot of times. Usually a team's going to find a way to score a touchdown or two or a field goal or two in the second half. And uh, you know, we, we've, we've got to get better there. Um, did we, you know, we've been really bad in the second half of, of, uh, of, of games, you know, uh, and we've got to get better bad in the second half against, uh, Georgia tech bad in the second half. Um, Notre name. Did we score in the second half? Did we score seven or 10? Um, they had kind of called off the dogs. So I don't know how much I'm counting anything from the Notre Dame game, but, um, bad in the second half against Louisville, bad in the second half against North Carolina. Uh, hopefully we improve that this weekend. Um, but yeah, no, I, I know it's a shocker that I would disagree with Richie one more time. Um, today, Scott, we're going to try this again, um, with it connected to the audio and see how it works. Um, so hopefully this works a little bit better this time. I think it's working. How's it going, Scott? Hey guys, how you doing? Doing well, man. All right. All right. I had like a million questions I can ask you guys, but I guess uh, being what you guys were talking about earlier, I'll go that way. Um, so this is for Freddie. Hey, what's up? Hey, Freddie, how you doing? Good. 
Good. All right. My question for you is, um, all right, we know all about Jameis from what we see. Uh, we want, I just, my question for you is, um, how was he in the huddle? How was he practice? You know, we hear all these things about him that he was just a total team motivator. Um, I'm sure you could probably give us a bunch of insight as to how he was beyond what we saw on the field. Yeah. Um, Early in the season, we had um, meet on Coach Martin, and I talked. We kind of talked about it a bit, but yeah, that's. I don't think people really understand it. I wish that we had Showtime around while Jameis was here, so people could witness how he approaches the game. And guys that haven't been around winning players like that, they don't really understand. And you will hear them all the time. They'll be like, "Oh, that guy's an asshole." But really, he's pushing, he's pushing you to the next level. And those are the type of guys you want to be around, like Jameis, you know, Telvin Smith, those, those type of guys. When you come in as freshman and you're not used to being around a winning culture like that, it kind of rubs you the wrong way. But that's what it takes to be successful. We talked about the last dance earlier, and you hear all these guys saying, saying these same thing, things about Jordan, but at the end of the day, what, what do they all say? How much they respect him? Because he, he rose their level of play. He challenged them each and every day. He never – he never let them slip. And that's what James was. Oh, man, he's tripping day. But he knows – if he knows you have – if you, you if you're at this level and you're playing down here, he's never going to – he's not going to – I mean, you, you're my homeboy. I'm going to – no, he expects you up here every day. He's going to hold you hold you to that standard. He's not going to let you slap. And that's what type of player he was, and that's why we were so successful. James, James was that guy, and he never – he held himself to that same standard. Every, each and every day, all the work he put in, all the film study, like if, if everybody could see the work he put in all outside of the field, like we saw we saw what he did on the field, but outside of you like, man, this dude is crazy. And it shows like he got everything he deserved and more. And he let he led that run, he led that run, man. And that's what it's gonna take. Guys are gonna have to start having those uncomfortable conversations right now. Like James didn't care if he pitched you off, he wanted to win. And he knew if you were them all all American, he expected it out of you every practice. He didn't care if we were at them and just helmets. He expected it out of you. There's no time to chill. We're trying to get better. And I think that's what we're lacking there right now. Guys are scared. Like they're home, they're cool outside of um practice and they want to they want us to have that relationship. Man, James cussing us out at practice, holding us to that standard, and we could still chill with him out there. Cause we knew it was all love. We all came for one common goal. And that's what we're missing right now. You call, you call these guys out. Now they want to fight and they don't want to be your friend now. So guys are kind of scared to have these conversations, but on successful teams, those conversations are had often. Okay. Well, that kind of leads. Um, so now we're in this situation in 2020 where obviously we're having trouble winning. So um, at what point um, do we, or are we able to flip because we obviously keep on having these new guys come in but they're seeing the way the culture is so how does that eventually change yes i'm not i'm gonna go um against the grand a lot of people say the coach bringing in his culture but you just gotta have a few crazy guys that come in with a mentality like a winner winner's mentality i remember when i came in and i'm gonna piggyback off james i came in i early enrolled and they were talking about the 2012 loss to NC State. Guys were talking about that the whole offseason. And I'm like, damn, I did watch that game last year. I don't know how y'all lost that. And James kept saying, he's like, that's not going to happen with me. And everybody was like, yo, he's – but he – that was – he – he that whatever he said, he was willing to put in that same amount of work. 
it wasn't that he just believed that much in himself. He knew he was going to put in that work. He made sure each and every one of us did it. Like, yo, we're not, it's not happening this year. We're not going to allow that to happen. And we got to have some guys that come in with that mentality. When things go wrong, he didn't allow it to creep in his mind that we were going to lose. And we, we all, that was our mentality because of James. Like, you right. follow your leader. That's really what it. That's really what it was. We knew we were never out of game. And that 2014 season, that team's identity was an identity of James Winston. Like we were, we knew we were never out of the fight. So when we got down, we like yo, we got a soldier right there. We ride with him. We finna come back and win. We need some of the so some of those guys coming to Florida State right now. We ain't got enough of them. Yeah. Freddie, I, I have to ask you, man, because it, we're there. Man, I was at that game in Pittsburgh. What was that like when he went 25 for 27 and the one of his incompletions was Kenny Shaw. He caught the ball in bounds. Like that was a bad call by ACC refs. We, we can talk about that all the time. The other one was man. a drop just for the, for the record. Yeah. The other one was a drop. He but Freddie, what was that, that like, man? Cause I was, I was in the end zone watching that game in the stadium. Jameis was just dropping dimes left and right, man. What was that like seeing that game in 2013? It was unreal. I think early on in the game, guys were a little uneasy. It's the first game of the year, and then yeah. we get down fast. So guys were a little bit uneasy. Guys really didn't, like, we've been honest. Guys didn't really know. And <laughs> then James put on that performance, and they were like, all right, okay. We ain't questioning them again. <laughs> we, right. we know what we got back here. So it was, it was crazy to see, especially him being that young. But – when you see all the work he put in, it's not it's not surprising. Like, but that moment, that's just what stars doing when the lights <laughs> on them, man. And, but yes, sir. And we're missing yes, right sir. now behind the scenes with our team is I don't know if guys are putting in that work behind the scenes. That's what we're missing. Like, James dedicated dedicated himself to this game, and yeah, when, when we were successful, that's how guys were. That's what Florida State football is. Guys dedicate themselves to the game. Of course, you're a student athlete, but all of us, all of us, strive to go to the NFL one day. So you gotta practice those good habits, and that's what he did. Like I can't, if we bring, we can bring hella guys on, and they'll tell you about their study habits and how James helped them with them. Like shoot, I wasn't finna watch film, but damn, now I gotta watch it. He cuts me out. Like that's what that's how he was. We need more guys to hold these players to a higher standard. You can't just expect the coach to do it. They can only do so much. Like this, we would always say, man, this team is only going to be successful as the players want it to be. And yeah. when him, he showed us the right way to do it. So we knew, like we talked about it earlier on the show, we knew the years after he left when it was going downhill. Because when we were trying to do that with guys, they were fighting it. And I think that's what we're experiencing right now. Guys are still fighting it. It may be a few guys trying to speak up, but they're speaking up with the timid voices. You can't impact nobody like that. You got to step on a few toes right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, and all right, so now fast forward to 2020. I don't know um, how much you guys have noticed, but uh, a tradition has come back. As far as I, I, I'm pretty sure I saw this in warm-ups, and it just made me, I was like, I, I love Norbell. I love him. And um, we're doing it now where we march uh, down the field during practice. And I believe that little things like that, is because that's Florida State, I mean, we used to go to a game and, you know, there's the team marching down the field. They get in the end zone, band plays the fight song. Everybody's going nuts and, you know, stuff like that. Um, I, I was actually surprised Willie uh, wasn't doing it because, I mean, God knows how big of a fan he is. Um, 
But you know, your thoughts on that? I don't. Damn it. I don't really like. Be honest, me, I don't really pay attention to that. To be honest, like on the marching and everything, like because with Jimbo, all we did was shoot. We didn't do none of that. We just ran, did our normal run out the tunnel. But we knew when it was time to run out that tunnel, we looked to the left, we looked to the right. We're like, man, I got a dog next to me. We finna go to war. So every team, man, they got their own thing. So I'm not finna kill somebody for what they do or don't do. I mean, as long as you got unity and you're willing to fight for the man next to you, that's all I'm for. Right. Yeah, for, gotcha. for, and, and I've been following your uh, videos there on um, Facebook, Freddie. You're doing a great job working out and keep up the great work. And uh, hey, as always, go Knowles. Yeah, yeah, for me, man, like uh, even going back to Freddie's days, like 2013 to 2016, I loved watching you guys, man. And it's it's so cool that I get to do a podcast with Freddie now because like you were a big part, man, Freddie, of of maybe I was already a big Florida State fan, but seeing like the way you carried yourself and the way the team carried themselves, like even the in that really ugly Louisville game in 2016. Y'all bounce back and meet Michigan in the in the freaking Orange Bowl. That's a huge deal. Like that for a Florida State fan, man, I, I cannot speak enough about how much I loved watching Florida State football and even Freddie you and Dalvin and and DeAndre um during that 2016 season, especially when we look at what we have now. Like TJ, you you, you gotta feel similar, right? I mean, it just I mean, I hate cliches and stuff, but yeah, I mean, you, you, when you're in the midst of it, like you don't really realize, like you just think you're on the mountain forever, right? Like you just, okay, well, we're rolling right now. And so we'll just, we'll always be great. You know, how will the recruits ever stop? What, you know, what will ever, you know, like this is just always going to be, you know, us being the greatest. And, um, so yeah, looking back at it now, you're just like, man, those were, those were awesome times. I think you do that with everything though, right? Like we look back at the, we look back at when the Bucks won the Super Bowl. We look back at when Kobe, when Shaq were playing, we look back at when this happened, when that happened, you know, you, you look back at those. So same thing with FSU, you know, but like when you're in the midst of it, like when the Bucks, you know, beat the Raiders and then have everybody coming back the next year, you didn't think we were going to win five games, but we did, you know, like I think we won seven games, but like, you know, it's kind of the same thing. Like you look back at Florida state now and, you know, I mean, look at LSU, man. Like, we at least won our first 13 games after that. I want to say we won something <laughs> like, I don't know. We, well, we won 13, lost one. Then we won our next five. So, we won like 20 or 19 of 20 games after we won the national championship, right? Um, I'm sorry. We won 18 of 20 games after we won the national championship. Um, the, loss to, uh, the loss to Georgia Tech and, and Oregon in there, right? And look at – LSU right now, you know, after winning their national title, wow. and they're they're terrible. They just got boat raced by LSU this weekend, and they have Auburn. nothing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Auburn. So I don't know, but yeah, I, I went way off subject. But yeah, like looking back at it now, I mean, it <laughs> it definitely, you know, I'm glad I'm thankful for the times we had now for sure. Absolutely, man, and that's kind of what we're at. Like we three months ago, we didn't know if we'd have football, and like Mark Ziegler had you know, last week, a phenomenal guest, you know, he's like, we, we at least get football this year. And, and that's a fact. Like we, we get football. We have a, you know, it, the games aren't going the way you want them to go on a week to week basis. But at the same time, like, man, at least we have football. Like there, there's a pandemic going on and we still have football. And at the same time, I, 
we, we all, every Saturday we have like, you know, we have our group chat and, and Sundays, especially for Freddie. He's like, man, what, what are we betting today? But like, we didn't think we'd have that three months ago and we have it right now. So let's enjoy it. You know, the, the season is not going to go the way that we predicted it would in our preseason show. But at the same time, we have football. Let's enjoy it. Yep. I agree. I'll tell you what, I'm not afraid to say it, but um, one thing about Florida State fans, we've been spoiled for so long. We have been. Yeah. And, you know, it's, we, we, unless the longest winning streak, um, consecutive bowl games, I mean, hey, that's ours for a long time. Just nobody's, nobody's breaking that anytime soon. No. I'm yep. with it. All right, guys. Scott, well, hey, thanks, thanks for hanging so out, much. man. All right, this is, my, this is my dog here. This is Tally. I'm not going to tell you how she came up with that name, but. <laughs> <laughs> if we had to guess. Yes. But, uh, hey, thanks. It was great talking to you guys, and go Knowles. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Bye-bye. Appreciate our couple of callers tonight. Um, we were going to kind of look at the second half of the year, but we, I, Richie, I don't, I don't know. I we can. Do you want to get into that? You want to save it? You want to keep going? Um, it's been a little, been a little while on here. Quick thoughts on the second half of the year. I don't know that we need to go um, game by game, but what are your thoughts? Second half of the year. Yeah. So, so second half of the year, I, you know, it's. A, I think it's exactly what we thought it would be. We have Clemson. Obviously, that's a loss. So let's put that, put that game aside. But we have four games that are very winnable. And I think that we can win all of those, but I don't expect us to. But man, I, you know, if we beat Pitt, who knows? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into an extreme homer mode and, and probably pick us to win every game from that point. But yeah, man, I I, I think th- this is the again outside of Clemson, this is our you know midseason point of the season to where I, I think we can do some damage, so to speak, and we'll have different guests on every week coming to, um, from here on out. But man, I, I, I don't know. Like if I put the win total at four and a half games, what would you guys say right now? Cause I don't know where I'd go. It all comes down to what happens this weekend. Yeah, without, uh, yeah. If we win, if we win this weekend, um, I think we get to five. Um, I don't see us running the table. Um, Minus the Clemson game, right? So everything I kind of say is with that game excluded. Yeah, I don't see us running the table, you know, like they, we, you know, could we? Sure. Like, could could we beat any team, team left on the schedule minus Clemson? Yes. Could we lose to any team on the schedule? Yes. Absolutely. Um, so that's kind of where it's tough. Uh, if we win this weekend, I think we can win two of the last three. Clemson game again excluded. Um but if we lose this weekend and, and it doesn't look terrible, I mean, I still think we can win two of the last three, NC State, yeah. Duke, and Virginia. Um, but I think this weekend's big. I, I think Dude. Pitt's yeah. – Narduzzi said that Pitt's starting quarterback is likely still out. Um, you know, we'll probably have more info on that Thursday when we get to that. Yeah. Um, but I don't think their quarterback is, is playing. You know, we're going to probably see a backup in NC State, you know, and, and, yeah. and so that – bodes well for FSU as well. Um, NC State, though, is four and two, you know, and, and we have to go on the road to play there. So yeah. it's a game that Florida State, you know, is it's going to be tougher for FSU. Um, NC State, 
will have played Miami just before that. So we'll see kind of how that goes. Uh, again, North Carolina blew NC State out. Um, you know, Pittsburgh played them really, really close. Virginia Tech blew them out. So I think that, you know, those are winnable games. Virginia is a winnable game. It'll be tough, but fortunately it's at home. And then you get Duke to finish off the year. We should beat Duke. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, six and four best case, probably looking at – if we can win this weekend, we're probably looking at five wins in, in my estimation. Freddie? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I just think even if we pull off a win this week, it's still a team that's learning – learning how to win each and every week. So there, there's going to be some growing pains. Some games we should win, we may we may end up losing. So the NC State game is one, even with a backup, that worries me because they're they're getting better each and every week. I said it a, yeah. few, week, a, week, a few weeks back. That was one of the games I was worried about. Um, Duke, that's a game I think we can pull out. And Virginia, after seeing them yesterday, I wasn't worried about Virginia until <laughs> yesterday. So we'll see how they progress as the season goes along. But I mean, it's just if this team keeps progressing, all all those games we can win. But at the same time, like we said, if they have a lapse like they had last week after that big win against UNC, we can easily get whooped in these games. So it just really yeah. depends what we see against Pitt. Yeah, and that's what sucks. Like we have four games where we all think we could win, but we could lose every single one of them. And so it's frustrating, but at the same time, like, like Freddie said, this pit game is big, man. If we can beat Pitt, and they're, they're not a bad team, but they're not a good team either. If we can beat Pitt, that's a huge deal. And it gives you confidence moving on from the season, because obviously outside of Clemson, like we've, we've said, um, every game's winnable, man. Like every game, you could also lose every game. So it's, it's tricky, but beating Pitt would be a huge deal. And if they don't have Pickett, their quarterback, that's a big deal too. And and that's a game. If they don't have their quarterback and we lose, then that, we got a lot to worry about. Yeah, Pitt has. Um, we'll get more into breaking them down this weekend, but um, Pitt's not been super impressive. Um, they couldn't get anything going against Miami and ended up losing by two scores. Obviously, they lost by six touch. I'm sorry. Yeah, six touchdowns to Notre Dame. Um, lost a, a game against BC, who BC is is really not great either. Well, shout out to BC, almost beating uh, Clemson without Lawrence. Um, you kind of knew that they weren't gonna, kind of knew they weren't gonna hold on there. Um, and then Pitt lost close to to NC State, who was down a quarterback. So, um, or maybe no, maybe he played in that game. Um, yeah, Larry played in that one. So, you know, that's a game that's hard to glean a lot from because neither quarterback is still playing at this point but um yeah i mean you got to be pit you know and at the end of the day it's a much different matchup than that louisville game was and so we'll just kind of you know we'll see how how they play i like us coming off the bye week i mean pitt's pitt's coming off the bye week as well um so it's kind of the same for both of us but uh yeah i mean hopefully uh hopefully we can find a way get this close back to you know, I'd like to go into the NC State game. I know it's going to be a tough game. Um, I'd like to go into the NC State game with a ch- chance to get back to 500. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, it's way too early for this, but their quarterback, Devin Leary, broke his fibula. He's supposed to be out four to eight weeks. Um, that was two weeks ago, and we play them in two weeks. And so he, I 
don't think he'll be back for our game. I don't know if there's been any, any updates on that or not. Um, I wish him a speedy recovery that gets him back the week after our game. <laughs> so um, I'm not wishing for an injury. I'm just hoping this injury doesn't heal as fast as it's supposed to. So, I mean, you get to play back-to-back teams with, without their starting quarterback. I mean, you know, win those games, you know. So you we'll see. But if Florida State get back to 500, if Florida State can get to 500, you lose to lose to Clemson to go to four and five. I mean, all you got to do at that point, in my opinion, is split those last two games. But yeah. you got a chance to go above 500 if if you can win them. So, um, so we'll see. I think it all kind of hinges on this pit game. You know, we'll see kind of where it goes from there. Um, you guys and have we'll anything pre- else? We, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll preview we'll, a Thursday we'll night for that, sure. Uh, on Thursday, but yeah, man, I, I'm I'm legitimately not sure which way I'm leaning right now for this game. So uh, I'm excited to, for Thursday to come and. I, typically by Tuesday, Wednesday, I have a good idea of where I'm leaning, and, and that's where I'll go. But right now, I have no idea. Freddie, well, I, I know you're a you're a sporting man yourself, man. The, this is a tough game. Yeah, um, I'm gonna have to go back and watch Pitt a little bit. I haven't, I didn't get to watch him the last two weeks. Um, I saw him the NC State week, and I don't know. We'll see how they change since then, and I'll make my decision based off of that because I I do think. We'll come to play on Saturday. I think we'll respond after that Agreed. Louisville game, but I just don't know what um, Pitt's working with right now with their guy being out. So I'm gonna take a look at him. I know the defense is tough, but I'm kind of leaning our way. But we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll see. Yeah, I like us to win it. Uh, and Rich, you'll be drunk enough on Thursday night that he'll pick us to win it too. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, <laughs> We'll probably all pick us except for Brian. Maybe, maybe Harlan doesn't. I may, I may not. I may not pick us just for that reason. So, I, so we don't. <laughs> there we go. All right, Freddie. No, I got us. You can write it down. I like now, us Brian. to win, but on the paper, I'm, I'm just not going to put it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Any closing thoughts before we get out of here? Any shout outs? Anything you guys on have on your mind? Richie, you probably got somebody gotten, getting married this week. He wants to shout out again. Like, oh, I, no, nobody I know getting married this week. Um, Shout out to my sister. You know, uh, uh, she had it. She her daughter was born in March, so yeah, a, a very awkward time to be born. But you know, she's happy. She had her first Halloween, and they had a good time. So shout out to my sister and my niece. Shout out Guthrie's and shout out the Lemieux Company, man. Hey, what's yes, it's cool as hell. Guthrie's, man, they've been showing us love throughout this process, man. If anybody's interested in becoming a sponsor, you see the work we've done with everybody else. And yes, sir. They'll tell you the dividends is paid on their end. So if you want to join the team, hit us up. It'll be well worth your time, man. Double fries, no slow. Get the extra sauce as well. <laughs> we we um, need to let Freddie sign off every week at this point. That was perfect, man. Yeah. Shout out Trey Rowland as well, um, yeah. who is doing his segment with us. Trey Rowland's drive through little. Uh, Ode to Guthrie's there as well. We obviously insert that into the show and then throw it up on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all those things afterwards. Um, if you don't want to make a long-term commitment and you want to try and see what um, you know partnering with us might look like, uh, Trey will do that for the remaining six, seven weeks of the season. So um, you can kind of do, do a short-term thing and, and see if that works well for you. And if not, it's a quick, uh, it's a quick commit, so it'll be over soon. Um, but shout out Trey, shout out you guys. Um, always appreciate Ed Kennedy, Brian Hathaway, and Harlan Harris who kind of helped this thing go 
uh, on the back end, uh, behind the scenes, doing a lot of work. Appreciate you guys. And uh, looking forward to Thursday night. I'm excited to preview this game. Excited to, to um, I mean, there's some good football this weekend. The co- yeah. We didn't even talk about the cocktail party is this weekend. Um, yeah. Miami plays on Friday night, so that's fun. Uh, of course, we talked it's, about it's Miami. Where, of course. Well, listen, <laughs> the ACC is the clown show there. Like, I want to talk crap about Miami, but the ACC is the clown show that agrees. Uh, Miami would Friday play on a Friday night. night. I'm just, I'm just throwing. Bro, we, out there. They're going to give us a Friday night game next week, just or next year, just because you said all this. But um, probably <laughs> my Liberty Flames at six and zero. Oh, they're ranked oh, right God. now. There we go. Are, Here we go. Ranked twenty fifth. Freddie loves Liberty too, though. Fre- Freddie's making a lot of money on Liberty. We opened up as a 19-point dog tonight. That's already down to 15 and a half points. Oh, man. Uh, we play at Virginia <laughs> Tech. Yeah, you should have placed that earlier. Um, Michigan, Indiana this weekend. Um, Florida, Georgia, as we said, the cocktail party. Um, yeah. Obviously, Florida State plays Pittsburgh. Clemson, Notre Dame without Trevor Lawrence. Without Trevor Lawrence, yeah. Um, That's a game. So there's some good There's some good football this weekend, man. I I'm excited for this weekend. I mean, I, I want to see an FSU win. Uh, I want to see a Georgia win. I don't really care what happens in Clemson Notre Dame because they're just going to beat them in the ACC title game with Trevor. But it should be fun. So, um, Pac-12 is back good as well. Stanford, yeah, a lot of good football this week. Yeah. Um, so it should be fun. Um, if you watch this, if you listen to it, if you can rate us five stars on iTunes, like everything, subscribe to everything. It's all Double Fries Pod. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, patreon twitch if there's something else that we have it's double fries pod so search for it there and um i don't know whose song it is who wants a song this week you take it tj oh man um i feel like i have no idea when it's song time if somebody else thinks of something quickly while i'm looking through my uh phone at what the heck i've been listening to um let me know other than that, I will go with I will go with He's looking. He's not sure, but he's looking. I'll go Carly Renegade Hit. by Renegade by Jay Z. All right, there you go. Renegade, Florida State theme, Eminem's on there. Let's roll. And we can watch the Bucks tomorrow as a family. So love it. It'll be the day before the hostility. All right, cut that, Harlan, before we get on the trigger. I only talk about Jews, do you? Fools listen to music or do you just skim through it? See, I'm influenced by the ghetto you ruined. The same dude you gave nothing, I made something doing. What I do through and through and I give you the news. With a twist, it's just his ghetto point of view. The renegade, you've been afraid. I penetrate pop culture, bring them a lot closer to the block with a pop toasters. And they live with their moms, got drop roasters. From botch robberies, niggas crotched over. Mommy's knocked up, cause she wasn't watched over. Knocked down by some clown. When child support knock, no, he's not around. Now, how that sound till you jot it down? I bring you through the ghetto without riding around. Hiding down, ducking straights from frustrated you. Stuck in they ways Just read a magazine That fucked up my day How you rate music That thugs with
nothing relate to it I help them see they way through it, not you Can't step in my pants, can't walk in my shoes Bet everything you worth, you lose your tie and your shirt Since I'm no. in a position to talk to these kids and they listen I ain't no politician, but I kick it with them a minute Cause see, they call me a menace And if the shoe fits, I wear it But if it don't, then y'all will swallow the truth, grin and bear it Now who's the king of these rude, ludicrous, lucrative lyrics? Who could inherit the title? Put the youth in hysterics Using his music to steer it Sharing his views and his merits But there's a huge interference They're saying you should inherit Maybe it's hatred I spew Maybe it's food for the spirit Maybe it's beautiful music I made for you to just cherish But I'm debated, disputed, hated, and viewed in America As a motherfucking drug addict Like you didn't experiment Nah, nah, that's when you start to stare at who's in the mirror And see yourself as a kid again And you get embarrassed Then I got nothing to do but make you look stupid As parents you fucking do good It's too bad you couldn't do good at marriage And do you have any clue what I had to do to get here? I don't think you do, so stay tuned and keep your ears glued to the stereo, cause here we go. He's chicken, 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 and I'm the sinister. Mr. Kiss, my ass is just a renegade. Never been afraid to say what's on my mind at any given time of day, cause I'm a renegade. Never been afraid to talk about anything, 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 anything. renegade. Never been afraid to say what's on my mind at any given time of day, cause I'm a renegade. Never been afraid to holler about anything. My back to the wall, ashy knuckles, pockets filled with a lot of lint. Not a cent, got a vent, lot of innocent lives lost on the project bench. What you hollering? Gotta pay rent, bring dollars in. Vital bodega, iron under my coat, feeling braver. Do rag, wrapping my waves, a pockets full of hope. Do not step in me, I'm awkward. I box lefty, you often. My pops left me an orphan. My mama wasn't home. Could not stress to me, I wasn't grown. Especially on nights, I bought something home to quiet the stomach rumblings. My demeanor, 30 years my senior. My childhood didn't mean much. Only raising green up, raising my fingers to critics, raising my head to the sky. Big, I did it both times before I died. No lie, just know I chose my own fate. I drove by the fork in the road and went straight. See, I'm a poet to some, a regular modern day. Shakespeare, Jesus Christ, the king of these Latter-day Saints here, to shatter the picture in which of that as they paint me as a monger of hate and Satan, a scatterbrained atheist, but that ain't the case, see it's a matter of taste, we as the people decide if shade is as bad as they say he is, or is he the latter, a gateway to escape, media scapegoat, they can be mad at today, see it's as easy as cake, simple as whistling Dixie, while I'm waving the pistol at 60 Christians against me, go to war with the Mormons, take a bath with the Catholics in holy water, no one that they try to hold me on the longer I'm a motherfucking spiteful Delightful Eiffel The new Ice Cube Motherfuckers hate to like you What did I do? I'm just a kid from the gutter Making his butter off these bloodsuckers Cause I'm a motherfucking renegade Never been afraid to say what's on my mind At any given time of day Cause I'm a renegade Never been afraid to talk about anything 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 Renegade Never been afraid to say what's on my mind at any given time of day, cause I'm a renegade. Never been afraid to holler about anything. Anything, anything, renegade. Never been afraid to say what's on my mind at any given time of day, cause I'm a renegade. Never been afraid to talk about anything. Anything, 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 renegade. Never been afraid to say what's on my mind at any given time of day, cause I'm a renegade. Never been afraid to holler about anything. Anything, anything. Anything.